2: Hello, good evening and welcome to Green and White, the weekly Argo Life podcast. With us this week we've got Fraser. Hello. Finn oh, yeah. and Sam. Hello. And I'm your host, Nick. Um, obviously, no game this weekend after the uh, game away to Ashington was called off due to, well, spiraling coronavirus infections at Ashington. Um, but we have actually had a game since the last podcast, and that was a uh, very impressive uh, 2 1 win against Doncaster. All the more impressive since league leaders Lincoln went to, or did they play at home to Doncaster? Either way, they played them this weekend on Saturday, lost, Doncaster beat them. Travelstone well.
1: at Doncaster.
2: At Doncaster, absolute cracker of a goal. I mean, Ben Whiteman was fantastic against Argyle. You could see why championship size wanted him, but if you haven't <clears> seen <throat> this goal from this weekend, I recommend you do, it's brilliant. Um anyhow, Argyle won two one against Doncaster. Sam, why don't you run us through your recollection of events?
1: I certainly will do just sorry Nick just before before we uh, you can edit this out, obviously. I've forgotten I've forgotten as <laughs> well. I've not I've, not, I've not got to record anything to have I now I was just checking. No. Okay, better. Seamless that one. Yeah, good. Seamless. Okay. <laughs> So, so you can cut all this out. I'm going to pause for a second. Yeah, no, go ahead. F- just go. <laughs> yeah, I'm very happy with the win. Very happy with how we played as well for the most part of the game. First half, we were very dominant. Um, for large spells in the second half, we were good as well. Created a lot of chances, had a lot of the ball, had a lot of the territory. Uh, maybe not, not quite the absolute, completely perfect performance we're maybe still waiting for because we did, at spells in the second half, sit a bit too deep. Was our game management great towards the end? Uh, I was a little bit panicky at times, made a few errors, gave the ball away in a few cheap areas. So it wasn't perfect, but I think it was certainly a better performance than either of the last two home wins against uh Burton and Northampton. We we showed more going forward, we created more clear chances and um I would probably go as far as to say the best performance of the season so far. Uh I would I would actually say so I'm very happy with it. Very happy with um yeah happy with the result. Happy of how we did and it was quite an important win as well in respect that it was our first win. Uh, against like what we would call maybe a good team, because so far the teams we've beaten are teams who have all started the season badly and or are expected to have poor seasons. Uh, so the fact that we beat Doncaster team, who have reasonably reasonably well fancied and indeed have started the season quite well, it is a good win and a convincing performance. I would certainly say over the 90 minutes, a deserved win as well. Some very impressive performances from some players who needed to have a good game. I think Mare had his best game of the season. I think Kellen Watts, he's continuing to look absolutely more classy by the week. Uh, Byron Moore had a good game, but he's had a few dodgy ones lately. He was a little bit at fault maybe for the goal, but we'll come to that in a bit, but he had a good game otherwise. And Joe Edwards had a very good game. Who's maybe been a bit underwhelming at times. So very happy overall. And, uh, yeah, positive signs to get taken to the Swindon game. Fraser,
2: squeaky bum time late on. How are you feeling?
3: Um, we, We've we got that in us, haven't we? Just to be a little bit like, uh, everything's going perfectly fine. Everything's under control. And then it's almost like they just go, nah, we're going to make this interesting. We, we you know... Doncaster okay. versus Premier Vargal. There's probably about four neutrals watching this in the whole country. Um, we're going to give them something exciting. I think Sam's okay. analysis was, was fairly spot on. You know, it was a good game and we, I think we performed well. I think there were a lot of a lot of good performances. We just need to get rid of that, that 10 15 minute spell at times where we just go, I don't know what happens. It, it, lack of concentration, fatigue. I don't know, but, um, you know, we can't complain too much got the three points Um, and and i probably agree with Sam it probably was our best performance of the season
2: Finn how many second halves in a row is that now that Argyle have come out and been under the cosh Um, why do you think that is
4: a lot so well well, Blackpool was essentially most of the game wasn't it
2: (laughs) yeah true (laughs) Um, you don't need to be too literal by the way I didn't mean count them out yeah but
4: um, yeah, I was just trying to figure out my it's head. It's not head. an exam question, Pete. It, it, it's, it's, a, it's a few, isn't it? Um,
2: is yeah, Wigan, obviously, Lincoln, yeah, or Salton, I, to an extent as around the hour mark rather than right after halftime?
4: Yeah, I don't know um, particularly uh, why it is. But, um, it has felt like most of the games recently, um, at least. Um, And, you know, I'm sure it would be a point of concern, but actually, I I think it can be a, a, it, it can be, it's a problem that can be solved, if that makes sense. Um, or I'd hope it was anyway, because it, because, well, to be fair, most of, so I think Doncaster controlled the first five minutes, and then we kind of really got into the, got into the game, probably, um, deserved our lead at half time. Um, and then, and then we kind of came out, in my opinion, quite slow. Um I think they had a was it just before half time or um half time they had a header that like Right after half time. Right Literally after within, halftime like, within
2: a minute, I think.
4: Yeah, so things like that and then obviously we went um you know that they they put us, they did pin us under pressure a bit and then we scored and then um we actually looked kind of quite comfortable and I was disappointed with the nature of the goal that we conceded. and then we're sort of after that, um we look quite jittery even in the last sort of 20 seconds you know Michael Keeper booting the ball out of play um and potentially giving them another chance to get the ball into the box but they did um they chose to go back so so that didn't come to anything but yeah I'm not really sure why um but overall you know a, a, a really a good performance and um I, I was really pleased with the result obviously and like Sam said you know the first team of any sort of real quality that we've Or you know, um, as they're playing at the moment, you know that we've beaten this season.
2: Do you think there's a bit of arrogance in Argyle fans when we talk about how Argyle come out second half and look poor? And it's we should instead be thinking about how opposition teams are changing the way they play and coming up, Because you, th- you think about pressing, right? You you can't press a side 90 minutes all the way through. You have points of pressure and you have points of confidence where you, know, you can feel things going your way and you try things a bit more. And you can have moments where teams adapt to a tough side to play. And we can be a tough side to play. So do you think it's more that teams come in at halftime and they look at themselves and they change things and they say, right, we're going to press here, we're going to work on these bits here. And then more importantly, we were impressed with the way that Argyle managed to deal with that in the second half? Because, I mean, let's not forget that Doncaster came on strong, we held off just about, and then obviously hit them with a sucker punch to go two up. And then it was quite finely balanced, like you said, until we started to make some mistakes.
4: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm very pleased with that. And um, um, I think that's... that. I mean, that is the... Really, that is the aim of the game in football. T- teams are usually going to put more pressure on you if they're losing the game. And um, then, obviously, what you've got to try and do is, is kick them on the counter and score. And we, we did that, you know, superbly. It was a really nice goal, actually. Um, probably, um, the, uh, is prototype the right word, of a goal of the of the system, you know, two wing-backs sort of getting into the box and, and, you know, one crossing it, one getting on the end of it, you know, that was a great yeah. goal. Um, I don't, Yeah, I mean... I I think it could be arrogance. I think you're right. I think you make a very good point there about, you know, system changing at half time and stuff. But I think the point would be for uh, that we're talking about is that it has been most games recently and not every game has to be like that, you know.
1: I completely agree with Phil. I don't actually think it is arrogance, actually, because yes, of course, there is a ten- an element of, I said, I think. I don't, okay, I don't even think it's that much of an element, because I think it's the pattern that's, that's so consistent. I think, really, um, yes, you, you know, on a general level, I can see what you're getting at because there is obviously a habit of football fans to think, oh, if we've been dominant, it must be because we've been good. If we've not been dominant, it must be because we've been bad, without focusing on the opposition. There is an aspect of that, but... Now that would be a that would be an excuse um, to say maybe there was an element of arrogance if we were kind of just doing that about bad spells in games generally because yes you know very rarely will a team dominate for ninety minutes obviously it sometimes happens but not very often but the fact that it's the same pattern each time just um, going through the games um, uh, you know, Blackpool they probably had most of their really good chances in the second half no, they uh, did when...
2: in the first half that's a load of rubbish they had two one on ones in the first half
1: did they yes. Well, oh, my memory of that game isn't very good, but um, certainly the certainly the Wimbledon game they had obviously you know that real twenty minute. Blitz. It wasn't
2: right after half time, though, was it? There was a uh, five minute spell between the fiftieth minute and the fifty fifth, which I'm not saying that yeah. obviously that's not right after half time. But but if you're going to it, say I'm, I'm it's consistent, it then it's got to be consistent. Even Northampton even had, had a five minute, long minute long spell around the sixtieth right minute. Time.
1: That, that was about sort of kind of about a minute sort of fifty five to sixty five for Northampton. Yeah,
2: 55 to 65 Yeah, what but I'm yeah, saying. I mean,
1: is... It doesn't have to be that exact. It's, just like, it's, it's all in the third quarter of the game, isn't it? At the end of the day, it's, it's all not long after time. So, and obviously, Northampton was a big example. Obviously, and that, that really, would surely
2: be a pattern of teams adapting to where we're playing and you know and, and going and you know gunning for it. And trying to get something out of it, and you I, don't
1: see that all the time with teams, do you? That are dominant in the first half, or by they then have a have a have a, you know that prolonged bad spell around the same. Yes, not the, the exact minutes, but around the ballpark of the game. It's, it's always kind of between sort of 45 and 70, is it? It's very rare we have that. But, but
2: fundamentally, I suppose what I'm saying is a yeah. teams changing the way they're playing? Doncaster certainly did. They changed their style. They changed the way their um, their forwards are moving around. Are um, other teams changing the way they're playing? And therefore, are we looking at Argyle being poor for five minutes or teams throwing themselves at them for five or ten minutes and then, get, and then in some cases getting mm. what they want? So like Northampton, for example, backed off because they got their equaliser. Wimbledon backed off because they went two goals up. Uh, yeah, I
4: suppose you got a point. Wimbledon
2: backed off, Sorry, Wigan backed off because they got their equalizer.
4: I, I suppose you got a point. To be honest, I think um, because teams know that, that our strength isn't necessarily defensively always, so they can get at us if they if they need. You know, they sometimes maybe will get a you know a, a goal if they need. Um, if they first uh, you know throw themselves at us and stuff. But I think. I think the real question this here: is 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 why does it keep happening? I guess.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think you just put it down to that. Just because, yeah, you know, not every good team has a. A really bad sort of ten fifteen minute spell in the first half and the second half. I don't think you can put it down as just oh teams figure teams figure out change around you know have a real go at us, because that's not the general habit of a team. I'm not saying it's disastrous. I'm not saying oh my god you know we're 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 gonna get we're gonna get found out we're rubbish. But I don't think it's just necessarily normal either. I think it's something we genuinely should address and adapt to. Sorry, Fraser, you're about to start talking there.
3: Yeah, I think. You know, whilst I said at the start of the pod that it'd be nice to get a little bit more consistency and sort of eradicate it, I think there is something similar to what uh, what Nick's just said with regards to teams adjust. I think we need to accept that, you know, we're a League One team. Um, You know, we aren't Man City. Sorry, Nick said that you can't press for nine minutes of the game. Uh, Not that's the point I'm trying to make. Um, We are a League One team and we can't play at the best of our ability for ninety we minutes. What? Sorry, Pele was that? Well, it was it was when we played, but it started off as pay. We sort of, you know,
2: <laughs> I thought that I, was like I, some kind of reference to Pele. <laughs> we can't Pele for I,
3: ninety minutes, mate. I thought I styled it out, but not obviously, <laughs> obviously not. But no, it, like, like we're a League One squad, and. As much as I'd love to see Argyle play at the best of their abilities for 90 minutes of 46 games this season, it's just not going to happen. Mm. You know, um, we are a league one team, and and there are going to be periods of games where we do drop, and that's not necessarily because we're bad or because the team's done something or the opposition have changed something. It's just because the players are inconsistent, and that's the level that they're at. You know, we can't expect. You know, Nick, you said that teams can't press for 90 minutes. Well, Man City and Barcelona can press for 90 minutes, but that's because they've got, well, Barcelona of old could, but that's because they've got the best players on the planet. So whilst, if you know, if I was Ryan Lowe, I would be trying to see, you know, is there anything we could do better? Is there anything we could try and change to, to get rid of those inconsistencies? It might just be a case of, well, it is what it is. You know, we're a league one team and we're not going to play, you know, an eight or a nine for 90 minutes of the game. And and we're going to have to ride the storm out. And then to answer, you know, your second question, Nick, I think we've done tremendously well to do that. You know, I've been one that's been critical of performances, but not results. But every week we seem to be getting a little bit stronger in that performance as well. And the results are staying good. So, there's not much when we talk about these lack of consistency in the second half at times, if we can fix it, fantastic. If we don't, I'm not sure it's going to have a huge detrimental impact on, on the season as, as things look at the moment. Before we sort of, I, I, I mean, thinking about the, the sort of structure of the show,
2: let's end on the positive. Cause there are a lot of positives. So while oh, we're yeah. in the negative now. Let's tick them off. Defensive errors all over the place. We look like we are determined to hand them a goal. Um, We were chatting a bit beforehand, but I think one of the worst pieces of defending I've ever seen, Fauna, around the 60th minute, I think. Um, What on earth was it? I mean, it was terrible in the build-up. Camera steps forward, square pass to Mayer, terrible. Well, not terrible, but bad, intercepted. Don't cast a chance on the counter. Oh, they fluffed it. Passes it straight to... um, uh, who was it? Apoku. Apoku, no pressure. Three touches. Oh, that's right. I'm going to pass it away myself anyway. So now Apoku, the centre of defence, is well out of position, and you've got the two wide centre backs, are you know spread out, so they're not expecting it. So essentially, Ben Whiteman's got a straight run at goal with In Coppinger ahead of him. Except Fauna is between him and goal. So what does Fauna do? Does he stand his ground and try to press Whiteman? No, he follows Coppinger as he moves to the right and gives Whiteman a straight shot on goal and he just hits a relatively tame shot into Cooper. But that was, I I, I was spitting flame watching that's true obviously but i was fuming at that point just what uh, i bet he was quite embarrassed when they watched that back after because i have no idea what he think he's doing and he just handed him a shot and then you also have i know there are a couple of errors by there um from a poker i think at one point and then byron moore obviously on the halfway line failing to head it away being turned by um okanabere who then charges down a goal and <laughs> more he did well actually to put himself to put Okunabiru under the right amount of pressure, mm. not so much that he sends him down because it's a straight red card if he does and potentially a penalty or free kick depending on where he pushes him over, but just enough to unbalance him and make
3: him put the shot over. But I still, don't know why the striker didn't fall on his ass. I yeah, mean I know, right? if, if he had just fought, you know, the defender's <laughs> all over him. If he falls on his ass outside the box, it's a straight red card and the game switches entirely. I mean, I, I'm not here advocating diving, but the defender was, was was he was making More. contact that whole run and he, he had a good four or five steps to just go, well I'm gonna hit the floor and the ref would have sent him off straight red. Not that I'm complaining, but you know, it's um it, it baffled me a bit that we talked about it the, the other week with the when we actually got done by something similar in the penalty box. I would I, I when I was watching it, I was like he's gonna hit the deck and you know, luckily he didn't Of all yeah. the things
2: could have happened, they could have been red, goal, penalty Goal, red penalty goal.
3: Too fair it would have been a yellow card if it was in the box.
2: No, no, no. That's only if he's playing the ball. He wasn't playing the ball. He was behind him. Ah
3: yeah. They got rid of double
2: jeopardy only for if you're trying to play the ball, it wouldn't have been.
3: Yeah, it's true. We can edit that out as well as Pele as well. Nope.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um yeah, yeah, going on to that then there were There were there were some errors, yeah, um, for sure. Um, but I think it, it was a bit of a makeshift defence. I think Apoku is a player who divides opinion a bit. I think I'm a lot more keen than than Nick is. Nick points out yeah, no, no, no.
2: in the in the centre of defence. In the centre, like yeah. not in the centre.
1: Yeah, I, I think he's he, he's he's not perfect. I agree. He has made a few mistakes, but he's also got a lot of good aspects about. It. He comes out and heads the ball very firmly. I think he, he, um, he, he kind of sees the space ahead of him and he'll go to intercept the ball well. He'll, he'll move the ball on with short passes to those who can play it out a bit better. So I think he's got a lot to offer there, um, in the center. He's a bit of a rough diamond as well, but I think he has got a lot to offer. He's, he's a good, he's a good, um, good solid potential, uh, in him, certainly. He may well be more suited in, in the intermediate, uh, left wing back or left center back, but I think he can cover across all three of the positions, uh, middle center back, left center back, or the left wing back. Um, so I think he, he's got a lot of positive sides, but yes, some mistakes. Mistake you yeah, know what's coming, don't you, Sam? Good in a... the air.
2: How many headers won against Doncaster? Got zero. Big fat zero.
1: Maybe it was. Maybe it was the other game. Was it Wigan? He won a few headers then. He won three. Okay. Three out
2: of four, albeit. But at the same time, don't forget, he was then massively out of position for all three of Wigan's best chances.
1: Yeah, fair enough. I, I know he's not perfect. I think he, he's got a lot of sort of liveliness about him. He, he kind of goes ahead. He goes ahead of the play and, and picks up the ball. Met quite well. I think he did interceptions. Maybe he definitely did well
2: in the first half against Okanabiri. But my question is to what extent was that just because Doncaster sat far too deep? So every time, because Okanabiri did a good job of actually holding the ball up. But then eventually he'd just run out of room because there was no one near him. So eventually he'd sort of be surrounded and shrugged off the ball. So Apoku so did a good job of holding him up. But, but as soon as Doncaster started to flood players forward in the second half, those balls into Wakanabiru where we're turning them back over easily in the first half and is isolated, we weren't anymore because you know he had players to pass the ball to. So But that's not an, a criticism of Apoku because I mean, short of pulling him to the ground and fouling him, what are you going to do?
1: No, exactly. But he, but he, 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 all he can do is do what's in front of him. And certainly in the first half, and at moments in the second half, he did, he did have some very good moments. So I'm, I'm still quite, quite pleased with most aspects of his performance. He's had a couple of brain farts that need cutting out, but you know that's another matter. So yeah, some defensive mistakes, but it is a bit of a makeshift team. Players not in their natural position. But Canavan yet to come back in. I'm sure he'll come straight into the team against Swindon, all being well health wise and that kind of thing. As long as he's obviously you know not having symptoms and he's back in training, I'm sure he'll be back in the team against Swindon. Uh, and, and and I think rightly so. I think Apoku has been good, but is he as good as Canavan? No, absolutely not. We we all rate Canavan in the centre of defence. Certainly not in the centre of defence. No. Well, I don't. I don't think there's any position where he's as good as Canavan is in the centre of defence. Left wing back, but no, not not for me. I don't think he's you back think good. you'd have
2: Niall Canavan at left
1: wing back. Oh, over no, 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 no. Sorry, I, I misunderstood the premise. So, <laughs> I, I, I to say. I thought you were saying. On what I was saying, is, no,
2: a pokey left <laughs> wing back versus Canavan centre back is what you e- thought. E- exactly, say. exactly. No, no, way. I meant po- 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 no, <laughs> no, no, de- both. No,
1: I definitely would not have Canavan at left wing back. That would be quite an experiment. But um, anyway, <laughs> but before we get too railroaded off on that, Canavan probably to come back in, but largely, largely uh, mostly good stuff from the defensive players. Ameson had a good game. Really want to put a word out for Kellen Watts. Whilst we're kind of segueing on to the positives then after the negatives have been done, um, really want to put a word out for Kellen Watts. I think he's just becoming an absolutely fantastic player. He had quite a shaky start. Uh, poor game against Orient. Fairly poor game against Wimbledon. Player of the month, without a doubt, for October. I think he's had a fantastic month. And I think he's showing the real class of centre-back. He's, um, he's in the areas, maybe his weakest area, but he, he, I, I would say... Completely, t- you know, anecdotally, before the stats come out, I think he's getting better in the air. Maybe the stats will confirm or deny that he's certainly looking a lot more assured. He's looking a lot more confident on the ball. He's overlapping. He's making good passes. He's very proactive. He's not just reactive. He'll kind of charge forward and win the ball. He'll show for the ball. I think he's looking, and he's really good technically. His passing and crossing for a centre back are both very good. And I'd say his finishing for a centre back is very good. He's got two goals already. So I think, yeah, really, really exciting player.
4: Yeah, I mean, I thought. I thought he I thought he was um, great. I also wanna whilst we're on the positives, I wanna um say that obviously everybody has seen that Danny Mayer turn and, and it's great to see him get oh, in the lovely. and yeah, yeah, you know, brilliant from him. But one one person who I didn't think that when I saw the feedback on the game, um that people didn't highlight as much was Joe Edwards. I thought he was excellent. Um yeah, he was. really really industrious and, and and won the ball back a number of times. And then broke up the play and obviously got the goal as well. So that's the second goal.
3: time Joe Edwards has had an opportunity like that where you're like, oh my God, it's fallen to the wing back. What, you know, could it fall to anybody else? But he is very calm and composed in those sort of situations. There was one, I think it was mm. the last season, where it sort of fell to him and he, he took his time, shimmied round his player and, and put it in the bottom corner. I mean, against Crawley, he very...
4: scored two goals like that. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah, it would have been easy cool. for him to have thrashed it, uh, uh, you know, in that game. And he didn't, he, in this game, sorry, he, he didn't thrash it. He knew exactly what he had to do. He just placed it into the corner. And and for a defender slash midfielder to have that, you know, calmness was, um, you know, pretty decent, I thought. Yeah. I won't be overstating it. You know, you might now say it was a simple tap-in, Fraser, but... Um, no, you know, i no, I'm...
4: I'm... <laughs> No, in the situation, I don't actually think it was a simple tap-in. You could quite easily shank that wide of the post, especially with a man coming back on the line, you
1: yeah? Yeah, know? Yeah, I agree. It was, it, was, it was composed. It was a good finish. Um, Edward had a really good game. I've not always been his biggest defender on it, I've never disliked him, but I've always thought he was maybe a bit, bit underwhelming, a bit too 6 out of 10. But he had an excellent game. He had at least an 8 out of 10. Nick even gave him a 9 on player ratings, which... I can see the case for it. Certainly, he had a very good game. Uh, I didn't think it was Man of the Match to him in the end. I gave it to Watts. But I think Edwards would probably be my... Edwards and Mayer would be my close runners-up for Man of the Match. Both of them had fantastic games. Edwards got up and down the line really well, used the ball really well, um, didn't, didn't really do a lot wrong and obviously got a goal as well. And obviously, Danny Mayer had an absolutely fantastic first half. His second half, he did drop off a bit. He was a bit more wasteful at times. We kind of saw a bit of the... A bit of the old Danny Mayer, a bit of the kind of run, run, into, run into a run into a kind of down a blind alley and get stuck. He had a couple of those moments, but let's not look at the negatives. Let's look at what an absolutely fantastic game he had, certainly for the first half, and indeed some very good moments in the second as well. He's um, used to the ball, passing, movement, running. That turn of the defender, it wasn't quite as good as that famous carry one against Pompey, uh, but it wasn't a million miles off. It was an absolutely fantastic um, shimmy and turn, uh, a perfectly placed stitch to Jeffcott. And he, he had he had a very good game in general, created uh, created a few other chances if I remember rightly as well, and certainly made you know panic their defence, had them worrying all game. So yeah, fantastic from Danny Mayer, um who I think can can maybe get a little bit of criticism at times for not being quite as good as we hoped. But if he can if he can increase yeah, <laughs> but if he can increase that level of performance on a more regular basis, I think he'll, he'll be a very strong candidate for player in the season. And I think to be fair, he you know I, I'm, I'm going to hit the middle ground here. I'm. That You get a lot of Argyle fans on Twitter who are saying, oh, he's better than Kerry. No, he's not. Not for me. Not for a minute. But um, you also get people who are saying he's still been a bit underwhelming. But I actually Fraser! Think...
3: <laughs> it's a bad <laughs> cop you got there, mate. you want a COVID I'll, test.
1: I'll, I'll, go, I'll, I'll let Fraser come and defend himself in a minute. But I actually think I'm between those two views. I, I don't think he's, been, he's anything like as going to carry. But I think he's actually been better this season. Than he had last season. I think last season I was giving him maybe a high six or a low seven out of ten. This season I'm giving him more like a high seven or a low eight out of ten. So I think his standard of performance has improved. And given the fact that we're actually playing tougher opposition, for him to not only maintain but actually also increase standard of performance is in- indicative of 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 you know of of a, a good trajectory he's going on. He's getting better against better players, which I think is good news. And I think he's been. Probably between him, Watts, and Conor Grant for my player of the season so far this season. I, I, I
2: was just going to say, Sam, before we go on to Fraser, was that you realize you, you, you're like in the least popular segment of Argyle fans now because D- Danny Mayer a bit like Brexit. You either absolutely love it, you're absolutely there is, you absolutely detest it. If you're in the middle ground, then you're just going I'm, I'm, I'm to
1: get. I'm the Norway option on Danny Mayer, Nick. Ah, you know, non yeah.
2: um, existent. You no, Fraser, too. you think Danny Mayer is worse than Jan Songo. Can you explain why? <laughs> Well, <laughs> no, that is a... That, wow, I'm in trouble whichever way I you go on that one. You definitely think he's worse than because... Freddie Ladapo. I know that, actually. You think, you think um... Freddie Ladapo's a championship player
3: and you don't think Danny Mayer is... Well, let's clear one thing up. I know there's been a lot of reaction to uh, Danny Mayer this week, but... Um two things. One, he isn't as good as Graham Carey. Um, you know, when Graham Carey puts in that number of goals and that number of assists, that many match-winning moments, he just isn't as good. Now that isn't to say he's a bad player. He's just not as good as Graham Carey is. Um, the second thing is if we listen to last week's podcast, I think I deserve some of Danny Mayer's uh, assist bonus, just uh, <laughs> giving him a bit of a, a pep talk. Um, in all seriousness, I think it was Danny Mayer's best performance I've seen him playing in Argyle Shirt. Um, he's definitely improved previous season we spoke about it earlier uh, in the in, in previous episodes he's shooting more and he did the right thing like, like the bit that frustrates me about Danny Mayer is that he wants to take everybody on all the time the the, the jeff cott goal was a perfect example of him using his abilities to the to the good outcome of the team he took his man on he got his head up he picked out a pass he created the goal he didn't start running down a blind alley um if he and he did that three or four times in the game he could have had more assists um if he plays like that he will create more goals he will score more goals if he he shoots more and and I think that's fantastic I'm not going to get on the complete Danny Mare you know bang wagon just yet I think he's a good as I said last time you can go back and listen to that episode um I do think he's a good player I do think he's probably our most talented player. I just don't think we've quite got the most out of him just yet. But it was his best performance for me in an Argyle shirt. And if he does more of that, if he looks more for the end product, we'll have a very, very, very good player on our hands. And, and, and hopefully, you know, I'm sure they, they've obviously been talking about it and working on it because, you know, you said yourself, Nick, you know, he's been shooting more. He's been, you know, he has been getting his head up after these, these runs. And if he can combine that dribbling skill he's got with, Finding the last pass or having a good crack at goal, I think he, he you know, we'll see the Danny Mare that we we thought we signed last season.
4: You know, we're always comparing to Kerry, and you know, that, of course, that's natural. Like we, I think, I think I said last week that you know, Kerry's a legend of the club, so whoever comes after him is always going to get compared to him, especially yeah with. with He's, the same, he's a similar type of creative
3: player. Especially but, when the manager turns around and directly compares them.
1: That's the but, big, I think that's what really caused it. Sorry, go on, Finn. But I, I think...
4: I'm, I don't think I'm exaggerating here. You know, we're a League 1 team. Here we go. Bro. We're a League 1 yeah. team. And Danny Mayer's dribbling ability sometimes just to completely, you know, take on players. I haven't seen that many better at that particular attribute in the championship. So if you said, oh, he'll he'll add loads and loads of assists and um, goals to his game as well, I don't think he'd be on our team, personally, because I think that would then make him, you know, a lot hot, like a championship player then. Like Fraser says he doesn't think he's a championship player, but I think if he were to... Eight, if he were to oh, add those 10 were goals, Nick's words. Yeah. I should <laughs> add I should add in. It. Oh. The, 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 yeah, oh,
3: yeah. Right. I mean, I
2: mean they, they were definitely Nick's words. I, I'm pretty yeah. certain he said something to that effect, but, but it was any, more like because of his lack of goals and assists. Sorry,
3: Not on this recording, I haven't.
4: But anyway, I, I just think, like, if he were to add 10, 15 goals, and I don't think, like, he'd be our player this season. Do you know what I'm saying?
3: Yeah, it's a fair uh, point. I think, you know, if, if he, you know, that's what other teams look for, don't they? The higher up the period you go. Um,. But I, I think he's got it in him because he's clearly ta- he's clearly a smart player. He's you know he's he's not like a headless chicken. He knows what he's doing, and I think it's just that little bit of decision making at times. Um, and I think he's got he's improving, and I think it's, as he plays more this season, I think we'll see him. Well, hopefully, see him continue to improve. So I do think someone has had a, a word in his ear. I think you can see that his play is changing. And that only suggests to me that the, the management and the coaching staff are working on him on that. And to be honest, we're always going to have bigger fish. So if Danny Mayer scores 10 goals and gets 10 assists and is you know one of the best players in the league, gets us into the playoffs and then leaves. Well, thank you very much, Danny. Go and enjoy your next step of your career. I'm not going to begrudge him that move. Do you know what I mean? You know, we're always going to have not. a lot of people on Twitter, Will. Well, we're going to always have Portugal, aren't we? There's always going to be fish bigger than us, um, you know. So, if a player does really well for us, moves us upwards, and then gets a bigger and better opportunity, who are we to? to I know football fans can get quite tribal about that sort of thing, but at the end of the day, if so, if someone was offering to you know, you the opportunity to go to a bigger company and, and earn much more money and you know have a better way of life, most small people are going to jump at it.
2: He, I'm. I'm not sure if any of you. I assume not. Keep up with um like the the Chris Aaronians <laughs> So so there are most most clubs have their own like local reporter like we have Chris Arrington and the Herald right. Yeah. I assume most of you don't keep up with them. No, not for other clubs. No. Do, do, do you know, do you recognize the name Alan Swan or not?
1: Ah, uh, Pompey.
2: Peterborough.
1: Okay, um, he, he threw his. Uh, yeah. He, he, he consists. He, he <laughs> uh, to be honest, I do yeah. like
2: re- reading him because, particularly when he gets in flow, particularly when Peterborough aren't doing well, he has a nice way of words. By him, plus it's always just nice um watching other teams you know, do that. Or you always like looking at an, an opposition club and going "ha" um sort of thing, unless it's happening to you. But anyhow, yeah, he described um, Sriki Dembele, this season. You remember him from uh, Grimsby? Who? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, a few seasons back. Described him as the League One Messi.
3: Well, carry, um... yeah. We did also describe um Anzhi as the Manchester. Oh, Messi. Oh yeah, but I mean, oh.
2: I prefer The Manchester Messi versus the league one, Messi. Yeah, actually, no. i, I granted, there are a lot. I of mean, there are two pretty good clubs but, in Manchester. Yeah, no, <laughs> i just, I'm just <laughs> There's a couple of pretty major clubs in Manchester. They got some good uh, teams. <laughs> oh dear. But no, but, you
3: know, I think. You know, just to sum up and move on from Danny Mayer, because I know he's going to be a, a big part of many podcasts over the, over the season. I, I, I don't want it to sound like I'm this uh, absolute naysayer. He's definitely a very good player. And I, I'm, I'm very pleased with the improvements. i put it a fantastic game. Uh, like I said, probably the best he's had in an Argyle shirt. Um, and if he can continue to improve, then, you know, I, uh, I started out by saying a consolidation season would, would be good but we're still lingering around up in that, you know, top 10 at the moment. So, you know, who knows? And points per game, maybe, by the end of it. So, we'll see. Yeah,
2: quite possibly. The other other player I really wanted to touch on, because I didn't, he was mentioned a little bit earlier, but I want to touch on Joe Edwards, because I know that you you brought him up and Finn thought he was fantastic. And I just, I I think, like... You're not going to be negative again, are you, Nick? No, no, I love. I, I gave him man the match. I gave him nine out of ten, like Sam said. Um, I it was really tough choice because there were so many like good performances. I thought, like, say Watts and uh, Mayo were the standouts aside from Edwards. I suppose Jeff got as well as another one to pick up because obviously on three top scorer now and you know chuntering along to a uh, nice, uh, nice hefty what ten ten plus goals in the league. That's nice. But yeah, I thought Joe Edwards' positioning was really good. Is you could you know you could see him pointing people into position vocal offering that leadership from right wing back um won the ball back a number of times he he and Byron more up and down the wing and the team in general so much running um and then like Vintenio popping up the, the thing that set him you know set him apart from Mayer and what's me was I know obviously Mayer gets an assist but I mean granted uh Edwards popping up from right wing back with what ends up being the winning goal and like I say a really composed calm finish when you know we, well, let's put it this way we've seen players miss them, and we've seen quite a few of our players miss chances like that before um seeing blocked on the line so it was just calm to you know not panic and just put it to the side of the defender and good run to actually get in there in the first place the long busting to actually get into the box
1: yeah yeah another but so um what I, another player i want to just give it give a bit of a positive word to again is mike cooper um i know finn said he um did did um slightly muck up that kick at the end, which, yes, he did. But um, some of the first half, I think some of it did go a bit unnoticed. Maybe because of the camera angle, you kind of just see the ball coming without really obviously looking at him like you would in the game. We don't get the wide lens. But some of his distribution in the first half was very good. It was very quick. It was very targeted. It wasn't just like a long ball up the pitch. It was a long ball directly to a player that did, did find the player. Uh, some of his kicking, some of his throwing was both really, really good. And he has obviously shanked a few... Uh, uh, you know, shanked a few kicks out um, over in certain games of the season. But I think on Tuesday against Doncaster, his kicking was definitely improved, uh, especially in the first half. And not only was it accurate, it was very quick. It was keeping the tempo going, it was moving the game, which is exactly what a Ryan Lowside wants from a keeper. So. Predatory, he wasn't
3: yeah. afraid to skip a man either, was he? He wasn't. He wasn't always looking for his centre backs to to roll the ball out to. He was happy to skip them and go into midfield. He was happy to kind of throw uh, them out into midfield as well always. Wing backs, absolutely. Yeah.
4: I, I, yeah, yeah, And I and I've seen him a couple of times he's done done that really well in the last couple of games where he's actually, you know, done a sort of a, a, a long throw out to Byron Moore and it's kind of set goal on a, in an attacking position. Um, so that's good, and also actually he was put under a lot of pressure from corners um, on uh, on Tuesday, and I and I thought actually you know on the whole he dealt with that quite well. Um, I think his, I think his you know coming for crosses is 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 very good. I think is one of his strongest attributes personally. Um, but yeah, yeah. So I thought um, on the whole, even though I did say you know that kick at the end could have been better, I think um, on the whole he had a, he had a good game.
2: The thing for me that I uh, was really impressed with as well was his handling. and that, obviously, one shot gets past him for the goal, albeit it's one on one, so I'll forgive him. I think the only shots, I think every other shot on target, he saved. But not just that, he held. You know, there wasn't a spill, there wasn't a rebound, and some of them were you know not the easiest shots to hold. And obviously, spilling them creates extra pressure for the defence, can often lead to a clearance, which means you know um, goes up for a throw, Doncaster on possession again, they're in dangerous position. Just you know that being able to hold the shot. And not spill it changes how we defend the next phase because we don't defend. You know, we're back in possession and Doncaster on the back foot. We've got an opportunity to counter. It's one of the things that Alex Palmer did really well for us last season. It wasn't just the fact that he saved it; he so often held the ball, and it's quite impressive that Cooper was able to sort of pit, you know follow that up against Doncaster. And there've been elements of that, but you know, it's just another thing to point out was his, uh, his handling from saves in the fact the fact
3: that he didn't go around spilling shots and he was holding them. And um, who would people? go with up front in the next game? Would they go with, um, would, would they stick with, with Hardy or would I'd they look at the uh, bringing uh, New Blade back in?
1: No, I'd stick with the same two all day long. I think Hardy and Jeff have produced um, four points out of two games, which is a good tally, and two largely pretty good performances as well. That mad 15 minutes against Wigan, notwithstanding, that was a good performance. We were by far the better team, should have won the game and obviously rightly got the win against Doncaster. So that's two good performances and a goal each for each of them in those two games. And let's not forget Jeff Cott was, didn't actually get the assist because it was a defensive error, but he forced the error. So he kind of virtually got an assist for Hardy's goal against Wigan. So both strikers have, have been involved in two good performances and both strikers have got and or been involved in goals. So I haven't changed them. I think New Blade's role is absolutely the right one that he's been found. In. That's not on the bench. That's not sarcastic. But the right role is being able to come come off the bench and see how to win, which he did well against Gronkast. to a good effect. He kind of like, let's just say he's like the glorified version of what Ryan Taylor was last season. The player you bring on when you're winning to see out the game, that's not the same. There's never games we were want starting him. I think, yes, there are some games where he doesn't need to start, maybe games where we are going to go a bit more direct, a bit more counter-attacking, games like Hull away this season. So maybe when we have teams away such as Peterborough, Sunderland, um, Ipswich away, uh, games like that, that Nubly maybe start. But generally, for games that we're looking to go out and win, like Swindon home, Hardy and Jeffcott all day, I think they're our best Um, partnership for sure. And the the results have indicated that.
4: So I'm not sure that, yeah, I, I you know I'm watching enough of Swindon and um, this season to know exactly how they play. But just um, seeing um, last season, you know, I, I think they play a similar style to us. Yes, they've they've um, lost a few of their key players, but they also got a really good result against Hole at the weekend. So they'll be um, they'll you know they'll come into that with confidence against us on a, on a Tuesday, and it'll be interesting to see how we play that because I think actually they have a the capacity to be a, a good side.
2: Go on then. well that's also worth noting no wins away yet
4: no but it's at, like, home. Are we at
2: home sorry I yeah. just realised right, it's because we are it was yeah. Accrington away wasn't it It's. Yeah. I like, completely forgot about well, that I'm like must be away okay yeah. right so um, go on then Finn your prediction
4: um, I'm going to be positive again and I'm going to see another
3: 2-1 Fraser 2-0 our goal Sam 3-1 our goal
2: yeah I think I'll go 2 1 Argyle, keep the uh, home trend going. Don't forget, I mean, last team to beat us at home, it's Wyndham. Right, another, yeah, yeah, another podcast, and on one of Nick's really positive <laughs> notes. <laughs> uh, the only team to beat us at home this uh, this calendar year as well, I think.
3: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just make it more cheery.
2: Yeah, <laughs> on the day we opened the new grandstand and we lost 2 1, remember?
3: That's right. Do you remember,
2: Fraser? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, uh, they've lost 4 we the 1. We went 1 0 up, but we lost.
3: They've, Which is um, also
2: the only other time we took the lead and didn't win last season. Do you remember, Fraser?
3: Yeah, it sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> they, they've lost four on the bounce, though. So um, They haven't. They just won against Hull. That means I'm reading Google the wrong way round. <laughs> um, so uh, before that, they lost four on the bounce. They've had their little <laughs> blip upwards, and now they're going to lose another four on the bounce just to bring some positivity back to this. Uh, the end of this podcast.
2: <laughs> so what you're saying is that Swindon are on the up because they've just
3: won yeah and that google's user experience is terrible because who reads from right to left um but but that's that's a rant for somewhere else i think
2: (laughs) all right thank you all so much for listening it's been green and white uh well fingers crossed i'll go win have a lovely week Goodbye. Goodbye.
3: goodbye